Good morning, patrons. Welcome to Sips of Sanity. Hi, guys. It's July. We have survived something so far. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And this is fun. I actually have no clue what Sips of Sanity is about this month. Mm -hmm. You've totally prepared and and taken over, so hit me. Okay. Um, What I've done is, after asking the spirit guides, of course, and what's going on on earth, I think this is a good one. In that the guides asked us to take a look at what we believe. Mm. And I said, you know, I think people find it difficult to know what they believe. They just act the way they do. Mm -hmm. So they said, well, why don't you write down a couple of questions? So I did. I wrote down, what do you believe? So that's how we're going to do the series. So the first question we're going to answer is, what do you believe? The second one is, how do you know that you believe that? And then we're going to follow that up with the example so that people can understand, oh, this is how she got the belief, and this is how this happened. This is how it's playing out in my life. And then what I did after that was I said to the guides, where do we go with that? And they said, why don't you write down what is the truth? So there are three questions in all five of these shows. And then I said to the guides, what do you want me to do with it? And they said, pick it in different areas. So like you and I have done in the past, pick one where it's with partners, another one where it's with maybe the self or in a work environment, a social um, belief system. So I've tried to pick different ones. What? This is really funny. I had three channeling clients yesterday and all of the topics was about this. Oh, I know you... I had already written all of this. You were on the deck doing it. I was on the deck doing all of this mm-hmm. when and chatting with the spirit guides and Karen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, as people are listening to the shows or cluing in, Karen is um, a best friend of mine for the last 13 years who just died a couple of months ago. And she wants to work with us. So, because she loved what we do, but she just couldn't wrap her head around it all the time. But She's on the other side, so now she came on the deck. She sat down and she goes, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm doing some sanity. And she goes, yeah, but I'm your coworker and you didn't tell me. <laughs> so I, I thought, oh, this is really funny. She had a pair of shorts on, like Bermuda shorts, like long to the knee, which I'd call like a golfing short yeah. kind of a thing. She had almost like a golf kind of shirt on for a woman, like with a like a little bit of a collar and uh, buttons at the top. And she had a, a ball cap on. And I, Karen lived in another city for 10 years, so I, or not 10, pardon me, maybe six. And I hadn't seen her. So I didn't know that she wore those or I had never seen her in one. And so I texted her daughter, Kate, and I said, Kate, does your mom, did your mom wear, um, hats and ball caps. And she goes, she texts back a picture of Karen in this outfit with a a blue ball cap on. And I'm like, that's, she's standing on my deck in that outfit. Pissed that you didn't tell her that you had a business meeting (laughs) with the guides. Didn't tell her she was out on a golf course somewhere. And I just thought, oh my God, that's so funny. So anyway, I, I hope that when people listen to this, they see that my best friend is still my best friend and that She's working on all of these series, and everybody's going to hear Karen's name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're not talking in third person. Right. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm supposed to say Karen M. Or, and I called her my DBB. 
No, my DBF, my dead best friend. Anyway, she's my DBF. So she helped me write the show and we're going to, we're going to go with the first one. Okay. Okay. So the very first one that I tackled was, I don't deserve and cannot meet my own needs. And so how do I know that? Well, the first example here that came for me was growing up. And this one has to do with some of my own stuff. So I'm just going to use my own example here. And other, hopefully other people can relate to it or at least have some empathy if they're, when they're hearing it. But when I was young, I remember being sick. And I remember laying down on the couch. So I'm coming home from school and at different ages, and my parents both worked. So I would lay on the couch, and maybe I had the flu, a cold, fatigue, maybe chills, aches, and pains. And I recall my dad coming in the door on many occasions. And whenever I was sick, I don't just mean on one occasion. And if he saw me laying down in bed or on the couch, he went into anger. And he would say, don't be lazy, get up off the couch, you're homesick, you could at least vacuum. You could at least get supper ready. You could at least set the table. Do the, And he'd give me a list I knew I had to do before they came home or even as they got home from work. But my belief that came from that was that I wasn't allowed to be sick. I wasn't allowed to take care of myself when I was. I had to make sure that if anybody else had any needs or wants, that I had to know what those were because he never called me earlier in the day and said, hey, you're homesick. Are you capable or is it that bad? Or how are you feeling? Could you put something on the stove? Could you take something out of the freezer? It was not asked and it was never set in a proper timing. He waited till he got home and then shit on me instead of telling me what his expectations were earlier in the day. So I grew up to believe that being sick was something where other people were going to be angry with me when I got sick. So can you imagine how you go through life if somebody else says they have a cold or they have the flu, how terrified you are to be around sick people because you feel, oh my God, I can't get sick or I'm going to make the people around me angry. Yeah, and I'm assuming this is feeding back to your belief of I don't deserve either to have time off to be sick. Yeah. I don't deserve to rest. That's I don't correct. deserve to take care of myself. Yes. Therefore I can't meet my own needs. Yes. And it got fed even more because I had eight brothers and sisters and some of them were older and gone. But my other brothers and sisters that were still living at home would come home and he could have asked any of them to do any of those chores. But my brothers would sit down and watch TV and get a snack. So while they sat down and watched TV and had a snack, even though I was sick, I was still expected to get up and cook the dinner. So the belief then comes that other people deserve to rest, to enjoy themselves, to meet their needs, and I don't. So I'm not as worthy or loved like them. So can you talk to me about what that looks like in your adult life? 
yeah. before you got healthy? Yeah. So in an adult life, that means that I go to school, uh, pardon me, I go to school as an adult, to college. I go into work. I go into environments where I'm working. And I don't want to leave even if I have the flu. I don't want to tell anybody, even if I'm in the washroom with diarrhea or whatever it is, I just want to go and get it over with and get back to my desk and work. But it angers coworkers. It angers other people because once they find out I'm actually sick, they're angry because now I put them at risk of getting sick and taking it into their own homes. So, and then it also plays out in my own family life where I'm, I don't want my children to be treated the way I was treated. So when they are sick, I pick them up, bring them home and make sure that they rest, make sure they get all the things I didn't get. Interesting because I think a lot of people would just perpetuate it. Yeah, I did not think, perpetuate. Yeah, and, and a lot of people don't put themselves in other people's shoes to think, um, you know, there's a different way of doing things, or perhaps I don't want to perpetuate this belief system or these behaviors. Mm-hmm. They just think this is how it's done. This is what was done to me, so someone else deserves to feel and be, be in as much pain as me, even if it's my own children. Right. And so I, I did the opposite of that. But I also remember um, at different times in my life having someone else in my life that um, treated me similarly to my dad in that when they came home from work, I was ex- still expected to get things done. Well, you don't have to say someone. You can say my dad. Pardon? You mean, you mean your husband at the time? Yes. Yeah. It's not a secret. Okay. So. Okay. (laughs) Oh, you saw that, Kelly? (laughs) Oh, weird. You have awareness. (laughs) Well, I didn't want to pick on anybody, but I I understand. That's not fair, though. I don't think. And this is, I think, I'm glad that you brought it up, even though it riles me. That's not picking on someone. That's pointing out a fact of poor behavior. Right. And this is this is one of the biggest hurdles that I have to get over with clients in coaching specifically is that criticism and just laying out facts are two different things or have the opportunity to be two different things. I, I do know that. I it's know just, you know that, but it's important that the listeners who might not know that okay. can have it spelled out for them. Right. Because they might say, oh, oh, she's picking on her ex-husband if they're the people pleaser drenched in whatever their own belief system is and maybe have only joined us for two or three shows. Mm -hmm. But they do need to hear that it's okay to actually say, at a point in my life, this person behaved this way and Mm -hmm. affected me this way. Mm -hmm. That's just how it was. And, And Kelly, when I think of some of the examples, it wasn't that he came in the door and said, "Why, why didn't you get all these things done? So if he came in the door and I didn't have supper ready and there were was me and him and two children, he made his own dinner. Right. He made his own dinner. He ate his own dinner. He did not make dinner for me and for the two of you. So the message there was, I still will take care of myself. I just won't yell like your dad did. I won't demand it like your dad did. I'll be different than your father. I know what he did to you. But the message is still unhealthy. Mm-hmm. So he makes his own supper, sits down in front of the TV. I'm still sick. 
And now I'm looking around thinking, oh, help could have been here to feed the children, to feed me. And that does not happen. So it's, it's still this cycle of this belief system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think for, for others listening to this show, if you've experienced something similar, especially perhaps if you grew up in the same generation as Karen, then you may be subconsciously perpetuating this pattern by holding on to yet another belief of specifically men deserve to have their needs met. Mm-hmm. Whether I have to meet them or they meet their own, in this example where mm-hmm. you know Steve got his own meal, but didn't have to be held responsible for caretaking for other people. And, and even when I challenged it and said, mm-hmm. the kids need to have something to eat, sometimes that happened, but most often it didn't. It just meant eventually I'd have to get up and do it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just by the fact that there is a withholding and he won't. So therefore, if I expect my children to be fed, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's more in that, yeah. but that's one of the beliefs and the, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, because if people are listening and don't have a, a, a strong ability to take one example and draw a parallel oh, in their life, right. then I think it would be a good idea for you to be able to ask yourself, you know, do I hold on to a similar belief like this because I believe I am mum? Okay. So perhaps I wasn't treated like this by my father in the yeah. exact example, but once I became a mother, I bought into this belief of... I can't meet my own needs. I don't deserve. My family deserves first. Oh, yeah. Right? Because sometimes we we create those beliefs based on a role we think, or the way that we define a certain role. Mm-hmm. So then the next part of this is to go to what is the truth? Well, now when I move through this process of looking at a situation, and, and I want to point out that when the situation comes to my mind or I remember it, if, if people think, oh, how'd that come up? It can be a memory. You might just be doing something else or at someone else's house where maybe their partner doesn't do those things and you feel sad that you didn't get that or you feel sad that you still don't have that, mm-hmm. right? So your emotions tell you when you're present in something that isn't congruent, mm-hmm. that isn't healthy, even when it's a memory, including when it's a memory, and most importantly, when it's a memory. So when they float to the surface, and now you start asking yourself different questions, then you the next step here is to say, what is the truth? Well, the truth is, is that that was my father's misogyny. Mm-hmm. The truth is, is that that could have been his dad's as well. It was society's. It could have been his mom's if there were too many children in the home. That's correct. And it, and there, so there, those are his beliefs that he was trying to train me into mm-hmm. and did, successfully did for, mm-hmm. for a long time. So the truth is, I am valuable. Every single human being is valuable. Every single human being gets sick in a lifetime and has the right to take care of themselves when they are. And so when you know the belief, now you have to think, okay, so what do I do now when I'm sick? Do I take the day off? Do I cancel and reschedule the clients? Do I still try and work through sessions? Do I still try and do podcasts and plow through? Make dinner, clean the house. Yeah. When I'm sick, do I think, okay, it's a sick day. I can get the house cleaned. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, oh, I'm sick. I can just throw a couple of loads of laundry on and then go back and lay down. Oh, while I'm on the couch, I might as well fold laundry. Or do I actually do nothing? I've yelled at you a few times to do nothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and so one of the other questions, and if you're listening to this one is, do you have a partner who, when they are sick and they do take care of themselves, do you get mad at them? Mm. Do you get angry that they actually are in bed or that they actually um, are being served because you've never been served in bed? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do, do they literally call in sick and lay on the couch and watch Harry Potter series from start to finish in two days mm-hmm. where they do nothing and the lawn doesn't get mowed or they don't do anything? Do they actually care for themselves? And when they do, are you angry? Are you resentful even though you may do things for them? Mm-hmm. So that's our first one where we, st- we, we give the examples, we come up with the belief, we question how, where we got this, what circumstances, what memories, what situations, and what is the truth? And then how do I change to go forward? So now if I think, okay, when my partner is sick and they're resting, I got to catch myself when I start to feel irritated. If I start fussing around them, if I want them to know and I bang loudly in the kitchen while I'm cooking because they're resting, or do I actually allow other people to care for themselves and care for myself? Do I say what my needs are? Cool. So that's the first one. And we're going to do four more so that people can see how to move through identifying their beliefs and changing them. Lovely. Okay, excellent. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Remember too, the remaining four shows are on patreon.com backslash Have an excellent Monday.